Welcome to Songs and Stories, a behind-the-scenes look at independent music. This time out featuring a chat with one of our returning champions, Maui-based songwriter-producer Dan Kai, who's been on the show many times before and is always a welcome guest to come back here to the podcast. His latest album is called To Be Free, a solo project just released. We'll hear about that, Life in Maui, and hear a couple of tunes from this record, To Be Free. It's going to be fun. Here we go. Alrighty, so welcome to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is the Songs and Stories podcast, episode number 191. We're about a third of the way into 2020 as I'm recording this. Been busy the last couple of months and trying to get back on track with these shows. I think this one will make up for missing one or two. I, I hope you like it. Dan Kai is a, a Maui-produced singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and we'll talk to him in just a minute. First of all, a, a quick update on me and the band, my new best friends, what we've been up to. That opening theme song you hear now in Songs and Stories is actually the music bed for my latest single called Monkey Town, which you can now find on iTunes, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, and all the usual digital places. We released a uh, Christmas single called No More Tequila for Santa in December. This new one, Monkey Town, just dropped in February. We're going to be dropping singles throughout the year. we got a couple of more things in the works to get us through spring and summer. Monkey Town is a pretty fun, upbeat song. There's a video in the works. If you want to hear that, just go to Spotify and Look for Monkey Town. It's not hard to find. Really fun song. We produced that with Henry Chadwick and the full band up at uh, the Compound Studios in Ben Lomond, California. Aside from recording, we're just playing a lot, uh, mostly duos and trios. We got some full band stuff later this year, including a full band Warren Zevon tribute at Michael's on the Main in Soquel. That's going to happen on September 10th on the Thursday. Meanwhile, lots of breweries, lots of wineries. We're out at least cup two, three times a month of doing something, doing our mix of my originals and cover tunes. And it's, it's a lot of fun playing with my new best friends. There's some new photographs on the website at michaelgaither.com. Keep it radio's keeping me busy. I'm doing their podcast now on their website. I'm on the air doing playing music. It's just no complaints. Great great fun. So if you haven't checked out kpig.com or michaelgaither.com lately, have a look. There's always something new up there. So back to our podcast here. Our, our, our guest this week is Dan Kai, who doesn't live here anymore, but we claim him as one of our own. He was actually born in Maui, moved to San Juan Batista as a child, and really grew up in the Monterey Bay area playing with Steve Acello. Art Alm is the band Water, and then playing on his own and backing up Keith Greninger, playing with him as sort of a collaboration duo with a band behind them. And and he's always played his own music a lot. He plays everything, anything with strings, uh, keys, woodwinds, you name it, Dan can play. He's a great drummer, too. He actually played drums on my album Starlight Drive-In Saturday Night, and he also produced that, too. So really multi-talented guy and a really good pal of ours, so I was happy to be able to like pin him down for an hour or so when he was here at the beginning of the year doing a, a quick run of shows with Keith Greninger. Dane, in fact, and I'll put these in the podcast notes. If you go to michaelgaither.com and look for Songs and Stories 191, you'll see these. But Dan was on this show way back in episode 26 with Steve Acello, in episode number 86, episode 129, when his Resonate album came out a few years ago. And most recently, two years back, episode 162, we did a quick update when he was up at Don Quixote's in Felton, and we had a quick audience and caught up. But I really wanted to sit with him and see what he's been up to. I mean, I know what he's been up to. I talk to him all the time, but you don't, so now you will. Dan moved back to Maui several years ago to, um, you know, kind of settle back in, you know, where he where he came from. And he's been playing uh, weekly gigs at the Montage Hotel, but he also comes back here to the mainland two, three times a year, and he does a run of shows, sometimes with Keith Greninger, uh, quite often a few solo shows, and kind of mixes it up, and he plays with different bands as well. He was out here in January playing with Keith. He also did a solo show at Credo Studio, a really, really like multi, multi-use multi 
art, yoga, dance studio that's part of an old Odd Fellows Hall in San Juan Batista. It's a really beautiful room. We did a solo show there in January. And fun fact, me and my new best friends are playing there on April 19th on a Sunday afternoon. So if you look up Credo Studio or look us up, you'll find us there. But Dan did a solo show there at Credo Studio and came by the house the next day to just kind of like help me capture what he's been up to. He's been doing a lot. And uh, the newest thing, which is really exciting, is he just released a new record, solo album, completely just Dan and a guitar, 10 songs, kind of like you'd see him live. It's it's really kind of a special project. And he, he recorded it with um, Keith Granger actually at the helm engineering and just capturing it all with two microphones over a few days when he was out here on a recent run, a couple of trips back. To Be Free is the latest record. You can find that at dankai.com, D-A-Y-A-N-K-A-I.com. And if you want to see Dan, and if you're not in Maui, he's going to be back here on the coast in June. He'll be the Kate Wolf Memorial Festival in June, and you can find all about that, find out all about that, at katewolfmusicfestival.com he's up there he's going to be playing I believe the main stage and probably backing some people up doing a workshop he'll be pretty busy that weekend but there's lots of chances to see him there and he'll be making some runs up and down the coast as well I'm sure so let's dive into it let's hear a track off the new record we'll kind of go backwards here let's listen to the, the CD recording of Head North the final track on the record talk to Dan and then we'll conclude this with Dan playing the title track, which is the first track on the record, To Be Free. Again, if you're new to Songs and Stories, you can find out about this podcast and all of my other episodes at michaelgather.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. And again, Dan is that D-A-Y-A-N-K-A-I.com. Let's hear that song, Head North, and then we'll chat with Dan. Here we go.
Recording in the new room. Welcome to the new room. <laughs> so as usual, we've been talking for like an hour. It's like, what else do we have to talk about? Right, we already talked about everything, so yeah, that's so, it. So welcome back to the mainland. Thank you. What and, a pleasure. Uh, our returning champion to the podcast, Dan Kai, everybody. Yes, man. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while. Will you come over here? At, you, you're living in Maui these days. How long have you been back in Maui? Seven years I've been back there. Wow. Yeah, time goes real fast. It does. Kids you, get big. They do. Yeah. And um, <laughs> your oldest is 14 now? Yeah, 14, 14, 12, and 6. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And then we come here to see our 20-year-old. So <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah. So you get back here a couple of times a year. So. More and more because uh, I, uh, I got to eat and uh, things are really starting to take off uh, yeah. for, for me with the music. And so, um, I mean, Maui's, Maui's great and it, it affords me a lot of, uh, you know, small opportunities. But mm-hmm. there just isn't the... The number of venues and and locations right. to visit. So yeah, because so back home you're at the montage every Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm doing a lot of you know special events, and uh, I've been working with a, a fellow over there named Jimmy Dillon, and he and I have been doing some acoustic shows that have been a lot of fun, and we're going to be doing a show uh, with him and his band um, for uh, Steve Grimes' thousandth guitar, local uh, luthier, kind of a famous uh, luthier, in fact. He's made a lot of guitars for famous people, and I guess he's uh, making a couple guitars for Paul Simon. Wow. But he's uh, celebrating his thousandth guitar on the 29th mm-hmm. of February, so I'm going to go back and play with Jimmy. So I'm doing a few things over there, but mm-hmm. most of my work is over here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice. When you come over here, you, you tend to pair up with Keith Greninger. Yeah. Do some shows, and you fit in some solo work when you can. Like last night, you, so you and Keith did... His release party last Friday night at right. Rio in Santa Cruz. Yeah, and then we did one up in Auburn the next next night at the State Theater. That right. was really a nice show. Yeah, and, uh, both the both of the well, the Rio was sold out, and then the other one that was fun. I think we only had about twenty five seats left for the other show. So, That's good. Yeah, and then uh, squeeze in a little solo show, and I'm squeezing in more and more of that. Uh, yeah, the cre- last night you were at Credo Studio in San in Juan Batista. San Juan Batista. Thanks to Ramona. Yeah, thanks to Ramona and Graciela and and all those guys out there, J- uh, Jeremiah and that Jamie was a full and, house, and it's a great room. It's a beautiful little room, and it's fun for me because you know that that's a really old building that uh, goes back, you know, in my family history a little bit. We used to know the ladies that owned that, and. Uh, because you're from, you're raised in San Juan. I was raised out there, yeah. Don't know that. Well, they tried to raise me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you got older anyway. Then you moved I grew. I grew. I expanded. But yeah, it was really nice to get out there, and um, it was very sweet how many folks from the coast showed up. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've had a lot of fun. I've been promoting the new album, the the album "To Be Free," which is easy to promote because it's um, it's just me playing guitar mm-hmm. and singing, so it's been a really easy thing to um, present to people. And uh, sometimes when you make a really heavily produced record and then it's just you out there, you know, singing your song, it's hard to give people an idea what the record's going to sound like. Yeah, so. you know, quiet, there was a, you know, people say, well, I, I like the show, but the record doesn't sound like, I mean, there wasn't like the 20-piece tap dancing chorus. And the, yeah, and exactly. The, and, the, and the four accordions. So and nobody the, expects any of that when they, no. you know, when they hear that. And, and, so, we, and we've been talking for years about, why don't you just do a solo record? Yeah. And you did. Yeah, and I'm doing more and more work yeah. in that direction with just the ukulele or just, this next album's going to have a fair number of just me playing the piano and singing as well. Nice, that's good. So, yeah, and it was also cool because I actually had a bunch of music in the can already to put out as an album, mm-hmm. and then I decided to, to cut To Be Free kind of as a preliminary to that, so I'll have something out again here fairly soon. Good. Yeah, good. so trying to keep keep things rolling forward, and uh, just found out I get to play at the Kate Wolf Music Festival Congrats. as a solo artist. So. As a solo artist? Well, I'm bringing oh. a band. I'm bringing a, a trio, but yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be me playing out there, and so that'll be a nice opportunity to expose people to some more of what I write and do and that's really cool i didn't yeah. realize it was a solo thing nice yeah and nice. so we're gonna put a a little tour together for for june yeah for july so kill is gonna be kind of like the anchor gig as, as we call yeah. it yeah and you'll yeah. look around then i'll that. get some gigs at paint <laughs> <laughs> that's the big high profile gig which is important. it is it is and, and it's really a huge honor for me because i was yeah. uh, i attended the second kate wolf festival mm-hmm. so i've been i started as a as a fan and gradually have uh, gotten to know people and played more and more with other folks like Keith Greninger and City Folk and mm-hmm. uh, Mom Muse and different groups like that. Oh, that's right. Been, been, able to, yeah. been able to kind of 
get my foot in the door, so to speak, and get to know the uh, the family. It's a, you know, Kate Wolf is an interesting festival because it's it's really a family operation. Mm-hmm. Some of these festivals are big. Uh, companies that run them and stuff. And, right. This is this is very much grassroots, homegrown. But they but they pull in some very very big names and they, and they kind of yeah. they support it with a bunch of, you know, not second tier, just di- lo- local artists. But, but I mean, Taj Mahal will play there. Yeah. I mean, Taj Mahal, Los Lobos, Mavis Staples. I mean, all yeah. kinds of great. You know, Donovan was there. We saw Booker T last year. Right. But you know, um, and Cloud actually, uh, who Cloud Moss, who um, puts this thing together, he actually mentioned to me he was like trying to figure out if he could fit me in, and he said, you know, I got to be honest with you, I have an agenda that I have an equal number or at least as close to an equal number of female performers as male performers. Oh, good. And he said, so that makes it actually a little unfair for the male performers, or, or different at least in that mm, regard, that yeah. he said, I'm more likely to hire a female performer. And I, th- I just think that's fantastic, yeah. particularly given the fact that we're celebrating Kate Wolf right. and her music. A, a female so, artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so, But I'm excited. I, I think I'm going to be involved in uh, doing the, the Kate Circle um, uh, oh, thing this year right, and right. possibly do some in the round stuff. I don't know. We're not sure. Cloud's still working out the schedule, mm-hmm. but, but I think he's going to make me work pretty hard. <laughs> so. I got you. You're going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. But it's good. You're going as Day and Kai. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm really trying to emerge here uh-huh. uh, as an artist, you know, uh-huh. solo artist. Um, not that I don't love working with lots of other folks, but I think people have come to think of me as a guy who backs up other musicians. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first and foremost, I've always wanted to be a songwriter and I'm happy to perform with other folks and folks like Keith have just been so gracious in that right. they've allowed me to, to share my songs on their sets. Right. And that's how it's been able, you know, possible for me to get to where I am. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's, uh, I, we all kind of feel it's high time for me to be doing some more yeah. stuff like that. So we're actually looking at booking several festivals this year. And, um, like I said, really promoting the album pretty hard to radio all over the world. Um, getting a fair amount of airplay in Australia mm-hmm. now, which is nice. And because you went there last year, because I went there and banged on some doors. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. And so, um, and yeah. I think you were saying last night to show you, you had the you had the set gigs, but I think we were there. You ended up oh dropping yeah. into some other things and doing because you were there and you had time. Yeah, I was back there with my friend. Well, like Maya and I were traveling together and, and hooked up with my uh, good friend Melissa Crabtree, and she's the one who had originally secured uh, a festival and then found us some management and then our management was able to help us get into a couple of other festivals but we still didn't have a lot Mm -hmm. and I remember telling her oh don't worry once I get to Australia and I can start talking to people I can find us more gigs and I I did I got (laughs) us a gig at a really funny you know fun little bar where they fed us and paid us pretty well and then I found a found a a group of folks who wanted to put a house concert on and they were new to their community and they actually ended up getting us a really beautiful church that we played in and, you know, so things like that just organically happened mm-hmm. as I traveled. And that's what I've done in Europe, too, is, you know, I show up with a few things, and then I talk to other folks, and they go, oh, well, hey, you know, my uncle's got a really nice club 40 miles west. I'll give him a call, and maybe yeah. you can play there on Thursday. And so, you know, that's... Um, those are all doable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're out on the road for a month in a country that you, where you don't have a lot of friends, you know, you're always able to play and then I had a dear friend who lives out there who's from Canada mm-hmm. and he put on a concert for me so I did a solo show out at his place um, and so it was uh, it was fun it was great I mean I wish we'd seen more of the country we mostly saw New South Wales and a little bit of Victoria Yeah. so next yeah. time I go I really want to get up into Queensland and, uh, and out to Tassie and stuff but what a great place what a great part of the world how long was that tour? it was about a month yeah it was a while yeah, I remember. it was about a month we were out there so it was a huge education for me. Um, Australia is a lot like the U.S. and a lot not like the U.S., and that was refreshing for me. How so? Oh, I just think that um, there's a uh, more of a sort of, I would say, pride that mm-hmm. is universal in Australia more than here. I think here we're all a little more conflicted about who we are mm-hmm. as a population. You know, people say, well, I'm Mexican-American, I'm Chinese-American, I'm this and I'm that people there are Australian, whether they come from Italy or they are Aboriginal. Um, there's kind of a, a strong collective national pride, mm-hmm. and particularly as their resources, as their land and their water and their environment is concerned, people are fiercely proud. It was amazing. I'd be out in different spots, and I'd remark to Maya, like, gosh, I wonder what kind of bird that is or something, and some bloke would walk up to me and go, you know what that is? That's a, you know, and he'd tell me all about the bird, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, wow, this this just guy out of the you know out of the blue that just knows all about the bird puppy. yeah and I, I got to talk to fishermen and they were really like open about how they fish and what they catch and it was just uh, it was refreshing different. that way that is you know yeah. people just love to stop and talk story and yeah. you know there were a couple of guys who were a little bit you know hey I'm not crocodile Dundee or whatever 
And I was kind of like, that's cool, man. I didn't think you were. You right, know? right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and I got to work and, and listen to some beautiful Aboriginal musicians while we were there. And uh, just, it's a, it's a, everyone should visit Australia. I would it's, love to go. It's yeah. a great place. And, yeah, and I think that the, the, the pride there, I think here, you know, not to get into it, but yeah. in this country, we're, we're split for a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah, we're very polarized. And they are too, to some degree. Mm-hmm. But there's different things in Australia. Like, for example, elections are compulsory. Mm. And I think that that's just a really important and fundamental difference. Also, yeah. election day is is a day off, right? It's yep. a Saturday, um, and yeah. and so people take a much greater interest in the civics of their country. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that sometimes people feel like things are unfairly swayed in one sure. direction or another. But they can sit and talk about it, yeah. and they can and and people are proud to be involved. Well, having in more that. participation and being able to talk about it is. Yeah very kind of different yeah uh, we, we we're in a in, in this country we we make it hard for poor people to vote i mean that's yeah. we'll just call it what it is we, yeah. we we make it very difficult for them to work you know work and and vote mm-hmm. it's it's on a tuesday right. and the polls close at eight and and we have this nasty way of moving the polls 20 or 30 miles out of town yeah, not always convenient and not providing a bus and yeah so there's a real deliberate effort on the part of our uh current government to, to make it hard for people to vote and to make it easy for billionaires to contribute to what they want. So in Australia, things are a little more balanced out that way. Yeah. yeah. But, That's uh, good to hear for Australia. Yeah. Yeah. There's hope. There's hope. And we can learn a lot from the way they do things, just like they learn from the way we do things. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was good. And I hope to go back there next year. Um, yeah. I've got some really nice offers to go back there. And good. So really this year, I'm, I'm all about just kind of building up building up the momentum and uh, getting financially to a place where we can justify going to places like that. Yeah, you I remember know. talking to you, you know, maybe about a year ago when you were playing. There, there was a lot to go into being able to go over and do that. Yeah, I went through a lot of uh, a lot of pretty hideous stuff with immigration when they found out I couldn't see. Yeah. Um, and that was all kind of weird. And also something that Australians were fiercely upset with when they found out. They had no idea. And they, mm. and they were just, that's wrong. In fact, a couple of people were like, I'm calling my representatives mm. because... They shouldn't have treated you that way and this yeah. and that. So that is the other side of Australia. There's a very kind of 1950s sort of draconian aspect to the government as far as their views on things like cannabis and dis- disabilities and mm-hmm. um, um, things like that, subsidies and things like that. So, yeah, yeah but, hey, it was a, it was a learning experience. Yeah. <laughs> Good tour, though. Played a lot. It was a great made tour. Made some new contacts. It, yeah, made some great contacts, and it was nice to work with Melissa. She hadn't been out performing for a number of years because mm-hmm. she's faced some pretty serious health stuff, so... It was really rewarding in that regard in, in a number of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. And we were able to do things like we, we, uh, we were able to honor, um, um, you know, some of our culture and bring some of that stuff to, th- to them, which was really cool. Like we did a, a workshop on protest songs. Oh, wow. And nice. folks were really yeah. intrigued with that. And, sure. You know, and we did some of our own and some, and some other, uh, you know, songs. Like we did Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being able to present that kind of stuff to folks there was, was pretty powerful. Nice. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, yeah, things are really good in our lives, and we feel like this is a, a very prosperous new year. I hope it is for all of us. Yeah. I really do. I think, uh, in the face of a lot of the weird adversity we're facing, there's also a lot of tremendous forward motion and progress in renewables and and food and art and all these other things. So I'm yeah, it's good trying to, to look to the light. It's good to focus on. You were talking about that last night too. Yeah. How it's just instead of focusing on what's not working, I'm I'm, I'm grateful for where I'm at. You had a full house of people that wanted to see you play. Exactly. And you had some songs that really reflected that well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, like I wrote the song To Be Free, which mm-hmm. was the title track of the new record. And and, I, and it really came out of everyone saying, you need to write a song to say something about, you know, what Monsanto and Bayer and these companies are doing. You need to write a song to say something about what the current political situation is. Mm-hmm. You need to write a song about how difficult it is for people to work and all these things. And I, and I sort of took that whole thing and I turned it into a song about what I'm grateful right. for. So we don't lose it. Yeah, because when we remember what we're grateful for, we become more protective yeah. of it. You know, so yeah. I'm I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my community uh-huh. and and to uh-huh. be to be able to talk to you and say yeah. these kinds of things, and have them go out into the world and, and not be censured or arrested. Anybody can grab it and listen to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of on a, it's sort of a kind of on a similar the, the the new single we were talking about earlier. My it's a song called Monkey Town. Right. They just released. When I wrote it, it actually started out as sort of an angry political song. Like we were better off in the trees. And I had this whole verse about politicians, mm-hmm. and then I, I got it recorded, and I thought. It's not really adding to the conversation. It's right. just kind of a rant. So I, I took out sort of like the nasty verse. Right. And it it just became this really nice, fun, silly song. It's well, actually fun. You know, when I, I don't know. Because it, it wasn't like really, it wasn't really solving anything. Right. It's it just like. 
It alien- Well, what I've learned over the years, I mean, I was a pretty strong commentator as a ch- as a teenager right. and mm-hmm. in my 20s and 30s. You know, mm-hmm. I had a lot of answers for people. And one of the things I just kind of came to realize the more and more I wrote songs and presented them to people is that when I presented them in this positive light and everyone could kind of rally around it, whether they agreed with me or not, they didn't feel alienated. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you start saying dark things or using negative words, in fact, there's a a time I remember once that we were playing a song, uh, Keith and I were playing together, and it's a really beautiful song about about a family that's struggling against the the evil bankers and the loss of their land. It's a really beautiful song. And this woman came up and said, oh, I kept hearing all these negative words. Mm. And we started to try to explain to her, like, well, no, but the meaning of the song is really, like, supposed to be positive and uplifting. And she goes, I know, but I just heard those words echoing across the Mm. land. And I thought about that. It was kind of a profound moment where, for me, I thought... Yeah, she's kind of right in that sense that it's almost it's almost more important to say something in a nice way if you're sad or if you're angry. Right. That's more effective. And I've had that experience more and more with people when they have a chip on their shoulder. I just find if I go, "Hey, thanks a lot for expressing how you feel and your needs and like let's we're going to do everything we can to facilitate that and try to, you know, we appreciate your patience." Mm-hmm. It really disarms people. And they really don't know how to, to like, be, you know, throwing barbs at you. Well, and much. I think we're so used to just, just like, you know, rawr, you know, if, yeah. you, can, if you can kind of, like, nicely dis- diffuse them, but still acknowledge how they feel, but yeah. just kind of well, diffuse the, all we thing. tend to go, oh, rawr, well, rawr. Right. And, well, that doesn't work. Everyone Welcome just, to social media, right? Yeah, then you're the north <laughs> and south going Zacks, right? And you just run into each other. And, right. So I'm learning that more and more as I, as I uh, develop, you know, to just kill them with kindness. It really is true. Yeah. It works, you know. Sometimes the other cheek is a little black and bruised, but you got to just exactly. keep, keep moving forward. You know, that's another thing I've been saying more and more. There's a, oh, shoot, I can't remember. There's a movie I watched with the kids recently, and the father's an inventor, and he has all these, like, things that go wrong, but his his slogan is, well, keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought, God, that's kind of my been my mantra. Right. I mean, I've hit a lot of brick walls in my lifetime, but rather than banging my head on them, I've just kind of... Just, just keep swimming. Keep just going. keep swimming. Yeah. Just yeah. keep swimming. Yeah, and it, it pays off, you know? So yeah. it is true, all that positive stuff and all that manifestation, all that forward thinking, yeah. it really does work. Yeah, and you don't have to get too like new agey and no, hippy dippy about it. But no, it's just like, that that gets just, weird. That 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 can get over the top. But too. what I look at it is, I just go, look, it is scientifically factual. If we think good thoughts and we work toward a good common goal, we'll achieve it more mm-hmm. readily than if we're angry and sad and and pissy about it. Right. You know. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm on that trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. So the new record. So I, I think the songs sort of there's there's some older songs, some newer songs. Yeah, it was an interesting record for me in that I was I actually. They, I, thought, I thought they were all newish, but when you were talking about it last night, I go, this no, this one goes way back. Yeah, there's a song on there called "Answers" that I think I wrote when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is an homage to Albert Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's a, a couple of tunes that I wrote around maybe 2000 or 2001. Uh-huh. And then there's a couple of tunes I finished that day. Wow. I was like, oh gosh, I got to finish the third verse of this if I'm going to record it kind of thing. And There is an incentive. Keith was setting up the mics and I'm outside going, okay, how's that third verse What rhymes with grass? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brass. Brass, that'll do it, yeah. Sass. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a song on there uh, um, uh, uh, called Spent My Time Dreaming that uh-huh. I wrote while I was in Australia that I literally was, was finishing that day and mm-hmm. actually kind of finalized the 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 way the lyric would lay for To Be Free as I was sitting there outside. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then there's a few tunes that I'd been carrying around and playing for a couple of years that people mm-hmm. knew. Um, and then uh, there were a couple of relics that I dredged up. That, head North? Yeah, Head North. And, I didn't realize that was an old song. Yeah, that's an that's old the closing tune. Track that's an old tune about actually heading up north or uh-huh. up to Northern California to play music and yeah. kind of feeling like, oh, well, we're broke and we don't really have a super good plan, but let's just get out of here, man. <laughs> let's just... Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Keep playing music, That's you know? Great. And, uh, you know, just so many times showing up at these festivals and, well, who are you playing with and this and that? And, man, just let us in. We know where we're going. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll listen for the, the camp and we'll find each other. Right. Yeah, and then there's a song on there called The Same, which I wrote about essentially just the concept that we, we all want the same thing. We all want clean... Uh, water and air and a place to put our heads that isn't being bombed you know mm-hmm. and i think i wrote that song in the late 90s so yeah. so it was an interesting project in that in that regard that it was very fresh and it was very um paul you know old and and time worn as well uh which was neat because those songs changed i changed some of the way i sang them some of the keys sure. songs do change over time yeah, yeah yeah so uh so that was that was an interesting process for me i'm looking at it from like like a a, a 
I don't want to use thousand foot view. That's a corporate cliche. Looking at it from overhead, I'm trying to ditch all my corporate yeah, words that are still sure. But looking at it overhead, it's really kind of a survey of your songwriting from then and now and how you've kind of evolved a little bit. Too. It is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and actually it was funny because Keith, uh, when we were recording it, he kind of cautioned me. You know, some of these songs are, are young men's songs mm-hmm. and some of these songs are not. And, yeah. you know, he was kind of saying, maybe you want to think about how you format that. And I took that into consideration. As far as track sequencing? Or well, as far or as even just... do they even belong together? Um, and I thought a lot yeah. about that. And so the way I kind of put the record together, you kind of go back in time. You start at the, you start now, mm-hmm. and you kind of slowly work your way back chrono- uh, chronologically. Yeah, because the, the, the last song is probably your oldest song on the record. Absolutely. And like Bank Robber Blues is kind of in the middle. I wrote uh-huh. it around 2008. So it actually almost, I didn't totally realize that until I actually looked at the list and I'm yeah. like wow this actually goes almost chronologically back that's nice so yeah. Um, yeah and then there's a song on there called So Many Broken that I wrote in 2004 that uh, a good friend of mine who showed up last night kept insisting you've got to record that you've got to record that and I kept going there's just nowhere for this song like it's mm-hmm. just a, it's a really heavy kind of sad mm-hmm. um, song and I just could never find a spot for it and, and in the middle of the record I went I know where to put that song. <laughs> so <laughs> so it was great that way. I, I hadn't made a record that way. It was kind of, uh, it kind of just evolved as I did it. And to reiterate about the production too, did you record this all in one day? Uh, well, it was, I recorded it, was... it in, in a couple of hours one day and a couple of hours the other day. But it, was, it wasn't like a six month project no, at all. No. It was pretty... It was literally probably put together and mixed in a... Well, Keith put a little of extra time after I left. He had to really crank to finish the mixes. Yeah. But I would say that there was, even with the mixing and mastering, there's probably about seven hours in that right. record. I think you and I were talking when you finished it, and um, I think it's okay to say, you, you were saying Keith was setting up, because you wanted to get, no, next one, next one, we have two hours, next one, yeah. next one. You were just trying yeah, to get them all done. Yeah, he was kind of like, do you want to do very another tight take? Window. And I was like, I just... My thought at that point was I've got to get these songs recorded somehow. I have Because you were here on the main yeah, line. And I had very studio. limited time and I thought these right. will either be demos or this will be an album. And I kind of felt in the back of my head this will be an album. Yeah. But I'm okay if these are just demos so that I can show other people these songs. Mm-hmm. And so my attitude was, hey, I got through it. I didn't stumble. I didn't break a string. You know, nothing went out of tune uh, grossly or anything. Let's, th- there you go. You got that. Um, and so that's how I kind of did the record. I tried to be very nonchalant about it. <laughs> well, you didn't put a lot of pressure on yourself. No, I didn't. You were thinking this might be a record. This might just be a nice representation of the songs yep. in a raw form. Right. And I thought to myself, you know, you've been doing this for a while. Th- 30 years. You should be able to sit down and play your songs into a microphone convincingly. Like right. you should, at this point in your career, you should be able to do that without too much effort. Yeah. So. That was kind of how I treated it. And so the record's not perfect. There's nothing, you know, it's not perfect. And in that, to me, there's a perfection. It's just a real honest uh, effort. That's all yeah. it is, you know? It kind of reminds me of our, our mutual friend Jim Lumen still calls. He goes, I st- he, this is a while back, but he said, I still call them records because it's a recording of what those songs sounded like on that day. And in this case, it very much is how those songs sounded on that day. When yeah, you- I kind of reject the idea that record means a piece of vinyl with a needle. I'm not really right. sure that, I, I think, you know, that's actually a phonograph, right? Right, yeah. That's a phonograph, yeah. I guess. It's a, it's a record of the song that time when you recorded right. it. Right. Because you really didn't do a lot of, you didn't come in and add instrumentation. I didn't, no. There's no overdubs. There's yeah. no edits. Um, it's very authentic. It's just me doing my thing. And yeah. and so, yeah, I, funny, I, I call them records. I also call them albums still. Yeah. Because to me, an album is a collection. Uh-huh. Right? So we don't have to throw those words away. Yeah. VCR... Pretty much done with that. Yeah. Eight track, probably done with those. But but record is is really a record. I mean you can have a written record or an artistic record or right of, of information. Yeah. So I like the word release a lot. I use that a lot. Release too. is good. Yeah. It's, it sounds kind of high. It sounds kind of official. It just makes me feel better. It does. I released that. Ooh, okay. I'm done. On to the next one. Yeah. I tend not to use the word CD because it's kind of impersonal. Well, I don't think people, young people aren't quite sure what those are. No. No. I, and that's an interesting thing we can, you know, don't want to go way down the rabbit hole with, but what an interesting transition over the last five mm-hmm. years from from CDs literally to kids being like, what is that? Right. Uh, and so it's that's... It's on my phone. Or, you know, and it's, it's kind of related. It was like the, the, fr- the, the word mixtape is still used as a thing, but right. nobody has tape. And I also noticed that reporters and, and, and sports announcers and things, they refer to something going to tape or we're going to look at the tape yeah. of, of the replay or whatever. Uh, and So, yeah, we're, we're all kind of in a funny 
place right now. And mm-hmm. it's, I'll tell you, the end result in the long term is musicians are making less money for their records than they ever, ever have yes. uh, percentage-wise in comparison. Yeah, we, we get our Spotify reports with a 0.01 cent per, yeah. per spin. And that's and why I'm doing things like I'm doing my Patreon where... Talk about a, that, yeah. Well, yeah, that's an exclusive uh, uh, feed. You're not going to... The things that go to Patreon go there first. And so people who subscribe to the Patreon, there's a few different tiers, but we offer a bunch of different incentives um, all the way up to, you know, I'll actually consult with you and help you work on your music. I'll I'll, uh, answer Mm -hmm. questions. Uh, But we're also putting out a lot of um, live video and a lot of um, audio from my archives because I have been a a home recording engineer. You have a lot of, you have a big catalog that people haven't heard. So I have a lot of interesting, uh, you know, stuff that I'm not even really sure how to market, but I think is good art. And so a pa- the Patreon's been a great place for me That's to do that. That's a good repository for it. Yeah, and it's been a, re- a way for people to directly support us in mm-hmm. our in our endeavors, which is which is cool. So it's a nice platform. Um, I just we just recently redid the website, and uh, nice job. Thank you. I, I owe it all to Maya Benditoff mm-hmm. and her hard work on that. She's been just. I was very impressed. Like this is this looks really nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm very very proud of it. Um, one of the things that's interesting is they they offer on that platform a subscription. Uh, thing so I'm kind of trying to consider what you know how to go forward with that but I think Patreon is something people are beginning to, to know what it is mm-hmm. and so we have seen kind of an, uh, an increase in subscriptions yeah so you can you can find me on Patreon and um, I do post some stuff publicly there um, that, that you don't have to be a member or, or a subscriber to get but uh, but yeah it's been a nice a nice new way to get a little remuneration for what I'm doing and also to be able to offer people stuff that mm-hmm. I don't know how to offer otherwise because mm-hmm. I don't want to put it on an album or try to get the radio to play it necessarily. That's a lot of work. Yeah. It, it's it great is. when it, it's great when you actually make make some progress, but it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of it's a lot of cold calling. It is a lot yeah. of cold calling. And the yeah. thing I'm finding for myself is just in our in our case it's a numbers game, which is that I've just been doing this so long that people are starting to call me now. Mm-hmm. I've just been enough places and been on enough radio stations and done enough interviews and things that you do build up some some contacts and yeah. some people, some fans and yeah. people and like, like oh, he's still alive. We should see if he's yeah. you know. Got oh something. look, he has a new record. Yeah, out. that's great. Exactly. So yeah. that's been kind of nice to see that the cumulative effect because sometimes you do feel like you're pushing a boulder uphill and uh-huh. it's hard to feel like you're making any progress. And so yeah. it's been nice to get some some response from from the community from yeah. the promoters and the DJs and stuff. Well having 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 Cloud Moss from the Kate Wolf Memorial Fest actually contact you like you want to play? Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's cool. That's very know? cool. That's and, a big uh, deal. Yeah, and like they treated us so nice Keith and I up at Sisters last year at the Sisters Folk Festival. What mm-hmm. a great what a great group of folks up there and yeah, but just feeling kind of like we are um, recognized and we're part of the family. It's of, nice when that this. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my thing is is now, like, to just continue to expand that uh-huh. as far as we can, you know, open the circle up. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm excited to bring Keith out to the islands. I'm also excited to bring Jimmy Dillon. Oh, that'll Dillon. be a first, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to bring Jimmy Dillon here and do a couple of shows with mm-hmm. him on the West Coast. Um, he's originally from Mill Valley, and so uh, he's got some inns at the Sweetwater, so we're, we're probably going to do some shows there. Very cool. Yeah, so it's exciting. You know, more doors are opening, and I'm Good. being able to open more doors for other people. Um, we were talking a little bit about that, about Credo Studios and just how it's developed over the years. And yeah, because you, you played their first show yeah. four years ago? I think so, yeah. And then I played last year, and then you, I'm going to play again in April, and I went to see your show last night because I wanted to see you. And yeah. just and they've, Ramona has done a really wonderful job there, and they've got a built-in sound system yeah. now. And, and, and we were just talking about... And people about, know about the place. Yeah, and we were just talking about how... You know, I've, I've been that guinea pig for so many of these community-based... Um, music and art halls and it's just been a beautiful thing for mm-hmm. me because I'm always yeah sure I'll come out there and play I don't care you know I'm right. I want to get help you get started and it's so nice to come back a couple of years later and have people going hey man do you know how I can get a gig at the Aromas Grange you know and <laughs> go wow nobody even wanted to come out before and yeah. uh, I was just talking to my friend Michael about the um the Elkhorn mm-hmm. Grange and they they There's just, an Elkhorn Grange? I I think so yeah. Wow. And they're starting to do some some stuff out there. And he was asking me, hey, would you consider coming out? And I said, you know, I have a really good track record for being <laughs> the guy who comes out to the place no one wants to go and having it blow up. I mean, like Crystal Bay Farms is another one. I was yeah. the first guy to play out there. And you were there first as well. I was their first big show. That, yeah, yeah. We, we played there in October. Again. It's a wonderful place. Right, right. Yeah. And so I, I kind of like doing that. I like going around and helping people get those things off the ground. And 
And it's so nice to come back, you know, after playing some of those places to maybe 25 or 30 people and come back and have there be 50 or 80 or 150 people. And a regular series. Yeah, and have that turn into something where the local people are performing and getting good, you know, getting good turnouts I can see your new car. Dan Kai, busting out new venues. Grange Hall's a special. Exactly. Well, I actually would love to do a tour of Grange Halls. I actually think it'd be a super cool Grange tour would be really fun. We also have talked about a barn tour. Uh I'd like to play barns, like... Eric's place out in Gilroy. Yeah. What an amazing place. Yeah. You know, I had a wonderful show out there in September. and um, But places, there are places like that all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, rather than trying to get an opener at the shoreline mm-hmm. um, for a hundred bucks, I'd rather go play at Eric's Barn. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the kind of stuff I want to be doing. And, and you build up real fans that way, too. You build up real fans. It's a real make, connection to the audience. Yeah, real friendships. Yeah. Um, and then and then we can all help each other, mm-hmm. you know? And that really puts, that's what community is to me. Yeah, well, my wife and I, sing, we, we still talk about fixing up our zombie shed. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> we really want to make it a play space. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into happen. it. You know, but like, I mean, places like in back in the day, the Java House, you know, and then the Java House in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a mecca of music when yeah. in the 90s. And then that thing kind of went away and then it became that Pono Grill. And that took them a little while to get it going. And then pretty soon they had guys like Willie Kay playing, you yeah. know. So, and they had music almost every night of the week. Almost every night of the week. And so it's it's great to just see that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and just, you know, for anyone who's out there listening who's thinking, maybe I'd have a concert at my house. Do it. Do it. I do, We just did our first house concert out at our place in Maui and... We had a wonderful crowd show up, and it was everybody. The best. Ha- everybody has at least ten friends. Yeah, and it was the best commute I've ever had. <laughs> I, I set my guitar up in the living room, and you didn't came. have to go to the airport. No, it was really beautiful, and yeah. and so to be able to say, well, hey, that works. You know, if you come out, we can do the same thing at our place and mm-hmm. make it. And, and people will go, hey, I had a great time last time. I don't know who Michael Gaither is, but I'm going to come out and check it out. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, and you did such great work with the Coralitas Cultural Center. That was six years and about 35 shows. Yeah, and I remember. More than a couple times. I remember coming out there when it was still, huh, the what? The what? And there were like 12 people. I just drug drug people out there. Yeah. We built it. And then the last time I played there, it was bam. Everyone was there. So it was like. And we mixed in. We got got touring artists. We had local people. We mixed it up quite a bit. Yep. And then gradually someone goes, hey, you know, I've got some speakers. And somebody else says, you know, I could run the board. And Mm -hmm. people say, hey, I've got some cool paintings we can put up. And that's. That's so, the kind of stuff I like to do and be involved in. And then we did a few house concerts here at our place, and yeah. then, and then I got busy really playing more and more and more. I, mean, I, I felt bad now because people contact me. Can you? I go. I'm not doing them anymore. Well, Michael, the important thing is that you feel really bad. You know, I about felt all that, and I do get back to everybody who asks. Yes, you do. Yeah. No, so man, I know what it's. I know what it's like, and no, like you too. You, you know what it's like never to be on feel bad. No, I Michael. don't. But you've done so much work to promote oh, other thanks. artists, and you've been such a gracious person in that regard. And this podcast is just a shining example of that. So it's 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 fun, and it's just like if I can like let a few more people know about an artist, you know. Yeah, it's a good yeah. thing to do. And likewise, man. And I mean, that's one of the things you and I have always clicked on yeah. for years that we've been friends that, yeah. that you know we love helping other people right and, and that does, helps us it comes back around and even when it doesn't it's still the right thing to do it's always the right thing to do and yeah. in hawaii we say malama pono do what is right mm-hmm. if we all do what is right we will have no problem exactly and that's actually what anarchy is doing I, what? see i'm an i'm a i'm a pacifist i'm an uh, anarchist pacifist like utah phillips which is a lot of work but it means you know if everyone does what's right no one will have a problem if nobody if people uh, realize that by killing their neighbor they're actually going to make bad things happen for themselves they're not going to go kill their neighbor right they're going to go geez man that's going to poison the water supply and then he won't be able to help me with my with my bales of hay next spring and what's the point of killing my neighbor yeah. you know think so of, think of what happens next right yes yeah. exactly and i think people have an idea that anarchy means everyone goes wild and you know it's not the purge. Takes what they it's want. It's not from the purge. Others. That's not it at all. The <laughs> yeah. whole concept of anarchy is that we actually all know what is right. And so in Hawaii, that was the way they. It's got. It's, a, it. it's asking a lot of human nature, but it's a good thing to like, you know. But human you know. nature is capable of it. Yeah. And you know, we at some point we have to separate ourselves from the animal, to True. some degree. I mean, we are animals, and we should always be aware of that. But we have that capability to have the higher mind, mm-hmm. and that's what we've. You know, that's our work. I think as as a society. Yeah. It's to work on our higher minds a little bit. But yeah, so um, yeah, everybody do what's right. We'll get along. <laughs> well, the, the new album is in around. What's, what's been the response to the, the new record? What do people think about it? I've only gotten good responses. Mm-hmm. Everyone has just said that they love it and that they, uh, they're surprised by mm-hmm. sort of the, the raw reality of it and just the nakedness of it. And yeah. 
um, it really touches people in a different way than most records or, or albums touch people in the sense that people say, I feel like you're in my living room playing to me or you're in my car, like yeah. playing guitar. Yeah. And so that's cool. And, and that's kind of reminiscent of when Keith and I made um, Make It Rain. It right. Had that, it had right. that feel. And that was a quick recording too. Very quick, yeah. That was yeah. a couple days of... That's still a favorite of mine because it oh, was... Thank you. Me you, too. You and Keith doing what you do so well. I think Jimmy was on it yeah, a little like bit. Jimmy and Steve Uccello a little yeah. bit, but mostly just Keith and I doing what we do. Yeah. No overdubs or anything and just... Yeah. I like making records that way. That's the way, you know, all the really great records before, I would say, maybe the late 50s or early 60s were all made that way. Yeah. You know, all of Lewis's Armst Lewis Armstrong's records were made without overdubs or edits, and yeah. they sound good to me, yeah. you know. So we just have better <laughs> microphone technology now and better preamps and stuff. Record or... I would play. Here's my, here's my old Yamaha. Okay. So we just, um, here, I'm going to pick out my big crack. What do you think I should play? I would like to hear "To Be Free." Okay. Um, so really quickly, the, the 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 wives and partners are telling us that Dan has to leave. Yes, <laughs> so, I have another another engagement. To yes. Get to, so, so we're gonna. Um, this is the title track. I hope. Yeah, this is the title track. To be free. And to be um, completely selfish, I would. I've never heard you play my old Yamaha before. So I've I'm, never I played your old. I Yamaha. I want to see how good this guitar can really sound. Well, why'd you give it to me? <laughs> <laughs> Probably had it soon as well. It's close enough for, for Kai work. Yeah, this is called To Be Free. We'll see what happens here. I am so grateful 
Nice. <laughs> Title track from the new record. Title track, Dan baby. <laughs> Thank you, My Michael. guitar never sounded better. <laughs> That's an old guitar. It's a sweet little box. It's a really nice guitar. It's around. Yamaha doesn't make anything bad. No, it's, it's this is like a... I got this for, like from for a hundred bucks from a drummer when I was first starting to play, and I had it worked on. I go, this is kind of like my backup guitar, and the guy goes, this is actually a really nice guitar for a backup guitar. <laughs> this is a pretty good backup guitar, buddy. <laughs> so. good well, I better cut out here before I get my head cut before off. Before you lose your ride. That's right. New record is uh, to be free. Dayankai.com. D-A-Y-A-N-K-A-I.com. That's me. And I'm out. the only one. <laughs> check out Patreon. Please do. The, and, the uh, link is on your website. Thank you all for supporting live music. And for listening to the podcast. And for listening to the podcast and supporting Michael. And Dan. All right. Talk to you soon, bud. Once again, Dan Kai with the title track from To Be Free, which you can find at dayankai.com, D-A-Y-A-N-K-A-I.com. And if it sounded a little bit rushed there at the end, we literally had two wonderful women at my office studio door going, um, honey, Dan has to leave, and then Dan's better half. Uh, Dan, we really have to go. We have to be somewhere. So we were trying to fit that in. I was, I kept thinking, I never get this time with him, especially to do an interview. So I uh, hope you like that. It was a nice long chat with Dan. You can find him pretty easily at Maui every Saturday at the Montage Hotel. You can find him here in the mainland quite often, too. In fact, he'll be at the Kate Wolf Festival in June, towards the end of June. Check that out at katewolfmusicfestival.com. Also, day, again, dankai.com has all of his albums, some videos, and you can contact him there and find out where he's going to be playing. Check his schedule. It's always current. Good stuff from, from Dan there, and always nice to, to catch up. And for me, as always, whether you heard this on my website at michaelgaither.com or you cut this on the weekend at Casey Cafe Radio, which where this podcast runs as a regular weekend weekly show, or you found out about it on Twitter or Facebook or anchor.fm or Stitcher, or you subscribe in iTunes. Thank you for listening to these interviews and please do support these artists by buying their latest CD. It's uh, it's always a lot of fun to talk to them and uh, they can keep doing it. If you kind of help them out and pick up their music along the way for songs and stories, I'm Michael Gaither. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>